Ladies and gentlemen, the recipient of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times bestselling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. And as always, before we begin, we always want to thank you. It's, folks, there's so much to cover here, and I'd plan to do a, uh, a story time because last show was serious. And, and we'll do our best to get there. But, folks, with all that's going on in the world today, you know, whether it's the pandemic and, of course, a lot of people not getting stimulus checks and so forth. And our, our good friend from Portland, Miss Holly, who's got three kiddos, and she lives just outside of Portland. We'll talk about more of that later. Uh, uh, is there a vaccine? Uh, maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, trying to vote uh, uh, with an absentee ballot and so forth. All the craziness. That is going on in the world today, no matter where you live, in, in, in our great nation, America, or, or I'm sure our friends in Australia, New Zealand who listen, and those in Europe. Thank you from the bottom of my heart of you giving us your valuable time. And as always, if you listen to a couple shows, you know already I'm not the best podcaster, but in everything we do to make a show... We give you our absolute best. And I think in the end, hopefully, you know, that makes a difference. Whether you're a parent, whether you're trying to keep it together, keep it together. K-I-T, keep it together. Raising a family, paying those bills, worrying about paying those bills, getting food, getting fuel. Thank you so, so much. And I pray that it, it does make a difference. The truth is, nobody has all the answers. Nobody does. But, you know, collectively, if we do one thing here, one thing there, I think that makes a difference. So with that, the first question we always ask is, how are you? How are you doing in the middle of all of this? I hope and pray that, one, you're getting enough sleep. That you can exercise, that you can meditate, that you can have a cup of coffee. At the end of the day of being of service, hopefully you can have a, a soda pop or, or, or a nice glass of wine. And, and hopefully things, you know, and what's great about the, when you do things bit by bit, day by day, you know, after a short time, a week, a month, a year or so, you get to see the yields of your labor. So I'm hoping and praying that everybody is doing well. And, and again, you know, with all that you do, always remember to please take care of you. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, one, I apologize, I, I missed a week. And, and we had a lady friend, I think, uh, Claire from New Zealand. Hey, I, did I miss the show? No, Miss Claire, we're still here. It's just I am, I've been rather busy. I'm a fire captain, and I work for two separate districts in California, and they're about uh, an hour and a half apart, so I'm shuttling back and forth. And like everybody in this day and age, whether you're a janitor at a school or whether you're a teacher, God bless them, or a nurse, a doctor, I mean, everybody right now, to me, is a hero. Everybody. I don't care if you're unemployed and you're trying to try. God bless you. So I, I have been rather busy. In fact, this show is going to be a little on the fly. Um, usually I put a lot of research in there, in here, but I'm going to do it kind of impromptu because I've got a lot more appointments. I've been, again, running back and forth, and I've missed a lot of things. But this is the first thing besides paying a few bills that I'm doing. And, and i got to tell you, if you're on the West Coast right now, from Washington to our, our friends in Oregon, California, 
even down south, it's folks, I swear to you, it's like we're living on Mars right now. Year of our Lord 2020, I am looking outside and it's it's I, I've I've only seen this, you know, at, at the fire that we had, the Tubbs fire in 2017. But to be in the middle of this, it it is something else. If you listen to the last show, I predicted the only thing we haven't had is Godzilla versus the mutant in L.A. And, well, God might have heard me and says, well, Dave, I got something in store for you because there's some serious fires in Washington State. And what's really sad, and again, we'll go on this a little bit later, there's fires outside of Portland, Oregon. And Portland, Oregon has been a center of, of absolute craziness, which actually kind of brings brings me to this point and then i'll excuse me i'm sorry about that i'll try to get into what i call story time because again the last program was very serious and yeah i think it's good to kind of relax a little bit i got a great story for you uh but we've got to talk about this ladies and gentlemen protest everyone should be allowed to have their voices heard every single person but to me and again old man no country no hair I'm an older generation. I'm the generation that, you know, I saw recorded speeches of President Kennedy. We do things not because they're easy, but because they are hard. We will go to the moon. I think his best speech was the post-Cuban Missile Crisis speech. And he gave it at university, and again, very impromptu. I hope I don't muss this up too much. We all breathe the same air. We are all mortal. We all want betterment for our children. Problems are made man, are made by men, which means problems can be solved by man. And yes, yes, it's about time, more than about time, that everyone should be treated equal and with respect, period. And as much as I love uh, my police officers more than I can tell you, if you know me, you know the story that I was saved by a police officer, bad police officers should be removed, period. It's that simple. Anybody who deliberately hurts other people, whether you're a firefighter, a janitor, bookkeeper, whatever, goes out of the way to harm people, gets out. But protest should not be about vandalism. Protest should not be about violence. And I don't understand when people live in an area and they decide to vandalize a home, or pardon me, a home and or a store in your own area. I cannot imagine the inception, hey, honey, let's have a store. Let's save money. Let's buy all these different things and, you know, uh, 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 help our community out. Let's invest our time and sweat and then people vandalize it. People who know you vandalize it and burn it. It just, it breaks my heart. Or to see a car on fire, just a regular car, any car, but a car on fire. It makes me think, mm, car, car, transportation, transportation, coming and going. Uh take the kids to school. No, we can't do that anymore, but take them to the doctors. If we can, I can buy some goods at a store. I can visit my relatives. I can do whatever I want because I have a medium of transportation. And someone just decides willy-nilly to throw a Motov cocktail into someone's car. That's not about protesting, ladies and gentlemen. That's anger. That's needless anger to me. I think it was about, uh, was it a couple weeks ago? And my days are like a lot of things getting kind of scrunched here. There was 11 arrests made at at an Oakland protest. And they discovered none of these folks, these agitators, lived anywhere near Oakland. So I'm just saying, please, everything should be about peace. 
And when people start talking an eye for an eye, well, that makes everybody blind. And violence begets violence. I, I, I'm, I'm mispronouncing the same, I'm sure, but I, I, I thought immediately, I thought about peace when it comes to protests, and I thought about Mahatma Gandhi. 300 million people. 300 million people to kick out the empire of Great Britain so they can have their own state. Their own. And, and he, he was the epitome of peace. And they took a lot of hits. If you watch the movie Gandhi, the, 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 the empire, the military, they, they flogged women and children constantly. They did whatever they could to retain their grip. What was that line from the movie Star Wars, the original Star Wars, before it became episode four? The more you tighten your grip, the more star systems are lost through your fingers. It's like, it's like trying to hold sand. What about our very own? When it comes to peace, I was very young for that, of course, really before my time. Our very own Martin Luther King Jr. talked about you know promotion and equality through peaceful means. That's all I'm trying to say. If you want to protest, yes, but be careful. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like, as, as a firefighter military member, we always get a briefing. It's called ROEs, Rules of Engagement. We can do this, but we can't do that. If you're going to protest, I would go to the person who's leading and say, okay, what are we doing? How far are we marching? What do we do if, we're, if, if there's agitators? Do we call the police? Do you going to call the police? What if things start happening? I saw someone throw a Molotov cocktail and it landed on a person who caught on fire. I mean, what, what is the line? What is the limit? And especially in Portland, Oregon, they're going over 100 days nonstop. And here's one of our nice listeners, Miss Holly. And she's got, she says in her words, I got three kiddos. It's coming toward us. I'm very scared. And again, folks, if this is happening, hunker down. Hunker down, lock the doors, close the windows. Please take care of yourself. And if you're in the middle of the protest and if something happens, back away. Back away. Find a place to escape. Find a place to hunker down yourself. Because, again, if we, if protesters or agitators get involved uh, hurling things at the police officers, sooner or later, they will use force. I don't want anybody getting hurt. Do we need social change? Yes. But through vandalism and needless violence, that hurts. It always hurts innocent people. And, and this is where I, I think I got something for you. Or before I even get to that. I don't want to forget about our good friend from, uh, uh, I say that snarkingly, of course, our good friend from uh, Wisconsin. And I'm sorry I have to say it, but I have to be truthful to me in my eyes. A punk kid. He's not a hero. A 17-year-old boy, 17 teenage boy, carrying an assault rifle. An AR-15 is a Soviet assault rifle. And either was, whether it was accident or intentional, I'm not sure. I don't know if anybody knows just yet. To shoot three people? What is that about? When people say, we don't want no police, no way, no how, we have to have law enforcement, just as you have to have firefighters or people uh, 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 c- collecting the trash or the waterworks. This is something that, that has to be. It's there for a reason. I just It just hurts. It breaks my heart. To, to, to see all this, with all that's going on in the world, we have enough with a pandemic, with kids not in school. People are going to have a hard time in the next few months paying their mortgage or their rent. 
and now we have this. Oh my goodness. So if I can, let, 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 let me give you a little advice, if I may. If I may. And, 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 and what I love about being a firefighter, I, I, I've been doing it now for, I think, eight, nine years. And I'm fairly educated, you know, uh, college educated and military educated and businesses and so forth. But I, I love to learn something. And I'm going to give you something we use in the fire department. Okay? It's called LACES. It's L-C-E-S, LACES. And they stand for, first thing is look out. Whether it's a wildland fire or a medical situation or a structure fire, whatever we do, we all use LACES. The first one is look out. Everybody looks out. When I teach uh, uh, new firefighters, uh, I might be driving, they might be in the command seat, you know, just the passenger seat, the command seat. I say, your job is to make sure we get there safely. Look out for everything. Look forward. Look side to side, look above, and look behind. Lookouts. Everybody's a lookout. On every call, everybody looks out. And if they see something that isn't, uh, isn't kosher, a little squirrely, you say something. Whether you're a brand new firefighter or your battalion chief of 30 years of experience, everybody looks out. So if you're protesting and marching, you should know where you're going. What's the plan? What if something happens? Who's going to say something? Who's going to call this in? Look out. And it's great about these laces. Ladies and gentlemen, I use them on everything. Whether I'm driving a car, I'm a very defensive driver. I don't know if I told you. I think I told you in the last show I, I had a little accident. But I was looking out, and because I was looking out, I didn't crash into a vehicle that was about to crash into me. But lookouts are so important. You can use this on everything, whether you're driving or shopping or if you're going to do a protest, lookout is number one. The second thing on, on, on laces is communication. Communicate, whether it's it's face-to-face, -face, whether you're communicating to a crowd. Okay, guys, we're going to go from 5th Street to Main Street. It's going to take us about a half hour to get there. When we get there, we're going to, I don't know, say a few things, and then we're going to disperse. Does everybody understand? And you want oral communication or uh, 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 physical communication back, nodding, yes, no's, whatever. Communicate. You've got We've got technology. We've got cell phones. And if you see something, you know, agitators, maybe call it to call the police. Hey, we're approaching Fifth and Main. I see some guys. They don't look right to me. Here's their description. Boom, boom, boom. Communication. It's weird. What did Winston Churchill say? We're, 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 we are two, two different countries separated by the same language. And communication is so important in any relationship, particularly intimate marriage relationships, because there's a lot of miscommunication or they just stop communicating. Because that's the second thing in laces. The third thing is, this, this is this is good if you're protesting, escape routes. They tell us in the fire department we should have at least two escape routes. So if the fire is going this way, we can go that way. If we can't go that way, we go into the black. We already go into the burned areas because that's not going to burn again. So maybe, you know, you have a little map. Okay, we're going to 5th and Main. Uh, there's an alleyway here. And we can exit the street through there. There's an alleyway behind us. Uh, I don't think looking forward is, is you know, I don't want to head into the, uh, the front of that fire. So think about your escape routes. Escape routes. I know this sounds kind of weird, but I did put a lot of thought into this. And it actually makes sense. And the last thing is your safety zone. Your safety zone. When the fit hits the shan, after you have your escape routes, where are you escaping to? Are you going to go back to your car, your POV? Are you going to go back home? 
Uh, uh, do you have friends that you guys can uh, get together and meet somewhere, someone's house or maybe a restaurant or someplace safe? Someplace safe. Does that, does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? So if you are, whatever you're doing, if, if you are protesting, maybe laces is the thing for you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if I may, and I'm not trying to, to, to beat a dead horse here, because, again, all voices should be heard, and we do need, and this country deserves strong change, strong social justice, strong change, for goodness sakes. But please remember, and this is just me, and I'm probably <laughs> saying this the wrong way, so please forgive me, but I believe that protest should be about social change for a better, more peaceful, just life in this nation. It's as, as right now, as I, I've, with all that's going on again in the world with, with the pandemic, all that's going on in our country, and right now it's, it's only going to get worse. There's going to be a lot of political noise out there in the next few weeks with this upcoming election. And it just breaks my heart because I would love, I don't see a Kennedy out there. And I don't see a Reagan out there. And you know what? Uh, 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 look at our, our former president, Mr. Obama. He never had situations like this. Never. And, and, and then you look at our friend Bill, Bill Clinton. I mean, with all the turmoil that he caused, he was still able to manage and I, I, I like how he said, you know, okay, yes, yes, I did lie, I screwed up, but right now I'm going to focus on making, you know, people's lives better for our country. Because that's what leadership is about, folks. It's not about saying me, 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 and me too. It's about what can I do? And I think for the most part, since, since this pandemic has really, you know, come onto us, a lot of people have really stepped up. And you know, it's amazing. They say, I'm not doing anything different. Like, you know, I was involved at the some of the fires in the Russian River, and there's nice signs, which I love. I, would, I should have taken a photo of it. It says, thank you, police. We love the police because we had a lot of police officers from San Francisco come up to the Russian River area to make sure that, that people can evacuate or, you know, people, you know, the traffic control and really helping us out. And it's amazing to me when people say, oh, thank you, they're firefighters. And my attitude is we're not doing anything that we don't do every day. This is what, what we are and what we do. This is our job. Does that make sense? So we saw a lot of parents stepping up. A lot of folks, okay, uh, I got to wear a mask and PPE, but it's just what I have to do. And I'm still going to go out there and, you know, make a living or help people out as a doctor or, again, taking care of floors, making sure things are clean. I think the unsung heroes are the people that work in the grocery department. You think about that. They come in contact with hundreds and hundreds of people every day. And then the people that offload those trucks, the people that drive those trucks, the people that get us our gas, everybody, everybody is somehow we're, we're, we're kind of connected in a way. In a time of crisis, ladies and gentlemen, you really find out who you are and what you're made of. You know, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way attitude. And I really believe a lot of people have done such an amazing, amazing job. And it's done through peaceful Logical means. If this isn't working, we're going to try this. Okay, we're it's it's like right now. I'm broadcasting to you inside my little SUV because it's acoustically sound. I thought to myself, it's a nice SUV, and I paid extra money for a nice sound system, and it's acoustically balanced. So I thought, wow, 
if I can hear the music and it's balanced, that means I should be able to record a show. And that's where I record my shows, except for one, uh, a couple weeks ago, I did it in a fire engine, which was kind of fun. But I'm, it's, it's like I'm living on Mars. There's fallout. There's this weird yellow glow. I can't see more than a half mile, maybe a quarter mile in front of me. It's that thick. It's that weird because the winds are pushing in from north by northeast. And I live right on the coast, and so we're getting a little bit of a combination here. But you know what? Because I thought about it. About two hours ago, I says, gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. You know, I'm tired, and I haven't even done my laundry, and I can't see outside, and oh, my God, my, my cell phone's not working, and this isn't working, da-da-da, da-da-da. But you know, it's like everything I preach. I'm just going to do this one step at a time. Okay, i got to wear another mask. Maybe I hose myself down to take another shower after being outside with all the fallout. But like anything in life, you just do what you have to do. All I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, Think about where you're at, where you want to go, and how you're going to get there. How will you achieve that means? So if you are a protester, please be careful. If you know someone, <clears throat> pardon me, that wants to go out and do that and have their voice heard, please brief them on the ROEs, Rules of Engagement. And if you have to write them down or listen to the show again, give them LACES. And again, that's L-C-E-S. You might be able to Google that. Put Wildland Fire, and then capital L-C-E-S. That's a standard thing for everybody, every firefighter, for goodness sakes. And if that helps you out, well, I, I hope it does. Wow. With that, why so serious? I love that line. Let's put a smile on that face. Oh, uh, I'm going to slide this in there, uh, in here. Folks, if, if you're a, a James Bond fan, <laughs> hello, here I am. Uh... There's a new trailer. Oh, my gosh. A brand new trailer that dropped like three or four days ago. And this Bond film, to me, is a psychological thriller. This is a very different film. So, oh, my gosh. So, I, I, I my goodness. I even got my own T-shirt. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. And I got a hat that I wear on some of my calls. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's kind of take... This may have to be a two-parter, this story. Because actually, it is. there's two parts to it, but... I want to make sure you get the full treatment. I had a question, and I think the lady's name was either Tina, and I forget where she was from. If, it's, if, it's, if I'm saying the wrong name, I apologize, but this came in a few weeks ago, and I was going to try to do it, uh, give you the story on show eight. This is show nine. I still don't have a title for it. And, and basically it was, did you ever have you know, a positive experience uh, with your mom? And, I, of course, you know, I told the story about, my mom holding me when I was very young, about uh, five years of age, when we went to the Russian River. I remember the, the breeze blowing through, through her hair, and I can smell her hair. And, and, and she held me close to her chest. And I just kind of leaned into the curvature of her body as the sun was setting. And right now, <laughs> looking at Mars, I just remember it was a bright orange with this bright blue teal color and I remember hearing that water this that water that river just as a river runs through it just nice and smooth and that was a great moment for me now another story that I have about my mom that is that's that to me is just just as beautiful is when I was about uh oh my goodness I think I was about seven seven because I think I was repeating the first grade and what had happened, we, we went to this place, which is hopefully still there with all the fires, in San Mateo County called Memorial 
Park. It was the first time we went to Memorial Park. And what had happened, we had this old station wagon. It was like a 64, 1964 Impala. And for whatever uh, reason, the radiator had broke. So I don't know if it was a hose or the radiator unit by the time we got there. And my father had to make a call. And he called up one of his firefighter buddies. And the next day, the gentleman shows up and, you know, there's parts involved. And my father is with my firefighter, his firefighter buddy. And my father looked around and it's kind of like, eeny, meeny, money, hey, mo. He the pick one of the boys to go with him. And it was like, we were just beaming like, oh, my God, we get to, like, go with dad. That would be so awesome. Because, you know, dad's dad. Dad's cool. Dad's never there. Dad's the, mis- the, the, the mystery guy that you see every once in a while. Now, I knew I wasn't going to get picked because, again, the relationship is really becoming ensconced. It really is. I'm deadly afraid of my mother. I've been programmed for at least three or four years now. So I thought it'd be, you know, the eldest one, Ron, or the youngest one, Stan. And he picked Ron. And I wasn't disappointed. Stan was really agitated because he wanted to go and, you know, a little, little, little temper tantrum there. And I thought, okay, with dad gone for three or four hours, God knows how long, you know, mom's probably just going to do what she does best, you know, maybe have a shot or four and then beat me up. But then something amazing happened. And you have to understand my mom very controlling. She wouldn't let us uh, step outside the grass onto the cement, uh, could make loud noises. We were very, very controlled as young children. And mom got two fishing poles. Okay, and I thought one for her because she loved to fish and one for Stan, which was very obvious. And again, mom is a safety, safety nut. And I don't know how this happened. She left my brother on uh, one side of this, this little creek. And in summertime, so there's not a lot of water. And there's this little pool of water that's kind of deep, and there was this fish just swimming around. And I guess this, this, this fish has been there for a long time. It was the phantom fish that no one could catch. And mom and I went across the little creek, up a little trail, and I swear to you, I have, I, I have a photo and a frame of this, of this tree that fell, and half of it was just, just about maybe 10 feet up from the creek and, and, and hanging over. Does that make sense? So you got a lot of it on land, and then, you know, a part of it over the creek. And it was weird. She had me sit down and scooch forward, and she's right behind me. And I'm um, like, what? Or I didn't want to say anything because I thought, okay, you, you must be either drunk or asleep. Because my brother, Stan, was like crying like, hey, you got the wrong boy. Hey, it's me. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Because I thought maybe she'll kick me off the log and I fall into the creek or have Stan scamper up or something. But I knew I was the wrong. This, she did not choose me. But she did. I will never believe this. My, 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 my legs were dangling, dangling, pardon me, over the log. I'm a small little wimpy kid, and I'm kind of scared because I just somehow thought, okay, suction's going to f- uh, have me fall off and I'm going to die or something, or she's going to push me. I was just scared to death, and I swear to you, she grabbed the back of my pants, and I did the same thing I did when I was at the Russian River. I just kind of leaned backwards, and we fished. My brother uh, was throwing rocks by the, the, the little pool of water with the, the fish. I could see this fish swimming around, swimming around, just swimming around. And it was the most 
I think for me as a child, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever, ever had. And I figured something out very quickly. If I catch the fish, my time with mom is over. And she probably couldn't see it because of the angle. But because uh, uh, we, we had those red pink salmon eggs, I kept the salmon egg and the hook just above the water. I swear to you. I don't think mom caught on. I don't think she did. And I, I just wanted the moment to last forever. And it got to be lunchtime. And, and, and then we, you know, we kind of packed up whatever, walked down from the stump or the, 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 the log and walked across the creek. And we had our little lunch. And it was weird because um, we went back to the creek and I thought, okay, she's going to pick Stan for obvious reasons because to have his time, you know, the, the fish. And up comes this kid with the fish, another kid with the fish. And I'll never forget this. He said he used uh, uh, American cheese to catch the fish. And I looked at mom and she looked at me and like, it, you know, everything kind of dissolved right there. But I always cherish that time. I remember when I went to school, what'd you do on your summer vacation? I had a little stick figure mom and me dangling over this log trying to catch a fish. And I remember that I kept the hook out of the water, of the little blue water that, that, that I created in my little drawing. And I, I really cherish that. And now, the rest of the story. Many, many, many years later. And this is where it gets kind of weird, if it's not weird enough. I've been asked, when the book came out, and the book did very well, everybody from my past, you know, foster parents or foster children's, or uh, uh, people in my past were very kind enough to call the office and so forth and, and, and what have you. And we got several calls from this lady who worked in a juvenile hall facility. And I was a guest, per se, at juvenile hall. If they couldn't uh, find you a foster home, they put you in the hall. If you said the N-word to your parents, if you said um, no, they put you in juvenile hall. So I was a guest there, I think, three times. It was called Hillcrest Juvenile Hall in San Mateo County. So this lady would call and say, I know Dave does a lot of speaking to youth at risk. He's a former counselor. Can he do this for us? We really want him to come over and, and say, you know, a few things to the kids. And automatically I would always say no because I was just so embarrassed about my time in foster care or, you know, being abused and so forth. And that's why I never met with my classmates in elementary school and so forth. But eventually I was told, Dave, you got to do this. They would like you and you should do this. It would be a it will be a positive experience for you. So before that, I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, doing some work for my friend Richard Paul Evans, who did the Christmas box. And I'm doing a pretty big event in the morning. And I'll never forget, I lost my voice. I lost my voice in front of the entire audience because I've been running around and I was so, I was just so beyond exhausted. And my voice is croaking on stage and I had to drink a lot of water and so forth. And I remember my agent, uh, God bless her, Miss Lori Liss was there and geez, I just felt terrible. And I went to the airport eventually. I fell asleep. Uh, uh, the flight kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. I eventually landed into uh, San Francisco airport. And uh, I remember getting a, 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 the car and I was staying, for the first time, I'm staying in this nice hotel nearby the juvenile hall in Half Moon Bay. And I remember I was so scared and so tired and started to get the shakes the day of the event to visit juvenile hall. And I met with a lady. We met with the judge. You know, we went over what we're going to speak about. And they actually showed me my room. 
that I was a guest in, per se. And it's amazing how tiny and small it was or is. And I remember smelling that sweat. 20, 30 years of old sweat, for goodness sakes. Well, it was the first time this had happened. I did the events, did a lot of events, and I was very proud to do a good job for them and, you know, see the people and, and the kids and hopefully make a difference. And I remember going back to this nice hotel, and I sat at the bar, and I had a glass of wine, and I prayed and kind of processed everything. And I was thinking, okay, I got to pack. I got to go because I'm always going somewhere, but I had a whole day off. I had the next day off, and that never, ever, ever, ever happens. And for some reason, I did not bring uh, my computer, which means I wasn't working on the book, which means I can't answer fan mail that I have printed out in the office and signed them and so forth. I had time off for me. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm definitely a weird monkey. I've been known to, when I was young and single, to actually get dressed and right before I would open the door, I would just freeze or I'd get the shakes. And I'd say, no, you're not worthy of going out. Or a few times I would actually open the door, walk through the door, close the door, and the same thing would happen. Or I'd get to the car, I'd start the car and stop, Dave, stop. You can't, no, no, no. I'm, I'm really weird about, you know, psychologically per se, stepping through doors. I'm a little bit like that now, actually. I'm a little bit like that now. I like to be home. I, whenever I go out, I have one drink. I'll get some food to go, and i got to come back home. It's just one of my little ticks that I'm sure has driven everybody crazy, and I apologize about that. So if anybody says, oh, Dave, I love your shows. Oh, my gosh, you're so perfect. No, 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 no. So it took a lot for me to get in the rental car, and for some reason, because what we did, we worked at the juvenile hall, and then I followed a lady. There was this another camp, and it actually passed right by a memorial park. I remember mentioning to the lady, she says, well, you should go if you have time off, Mr. Pelzer. Why don't you just go? Oh, 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 oh. And I found myself making stupid excuses. So I manned up. I have the whole day off. And I went back to Memorial Park. I parked the car. And I remember the weather was kind of, uh, you know, uh, this is the rainy season. It's, it's, it's Christmas season and so forth. And I wanted to find this log. And it took me like an hour to find the log of where... You know, and it's still there. It's very decayed, of course. And I thought, I need to get a photo of the log. Well, I can't do it by this angle, so I had to go walk around because the water's starting to fill up, you know, because it's rainy season. So I can't just, you know, jump through the creek and just run through it. So I had to find a way to go down, then back up. And I remember and I, I remember, I was smart enough to get this little camera, a Kodak camera, Instamatic or whatever. Not Instamatic, but one of those little box cameras. They actually said that they use those cameras when people go to Mount Everest because it doesn't freeze on you like these mechanical ones do. So I'm getting excited because the sun's going down. So I've got to get the shot of this log. I've got to do it. It was a quest. I remember going down this little hill and I somehow slipped and, you know, (laughs) head over heels just tumbling and fumbling, and now I'm fill- everything's filled with mud. My nostrils are filled with mud. My glasses are gone. I find them. They're muddy. My boots are muddy. It's like, oh, what else can happen? And I cleaned myself off as best as I could, and I found a log, and I only took one or two shots of it, and I got the picture. I remember getting the picture. It took me forever to go back up the hill, up through the mud, on my hands and knees. 
And I remember looking at the log one last time, and I took a stick out of the log, you know, a, a half inch in diameter, maybe nine, ten inches. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm very proud. I, I've got dozens and dozens of photos of, of, of SJ, my grandson, and photos of, of my beautiful son and his wife and Stephen as he went through the years of growing up all over the house. I have the Olympic torch from, was it 1996, the Centennial torch that, that the champ carried eventually for the Olympic Games. Uh, I've got accolades. Uh, 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 I have a photo uh, of, 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 you know, being firefighters, doing that stuff. But I got to tell you, and when I remember bringing it back to the office, you know, one of, one of the ladies who worked for me says, okay, Daviana Jones, did you, did you find that holy grail? And I just showed her the stick. And it's actually right now in my bedroom office encased in this acrylic piece. And right beside it is the photo. It's a little out of focus. It's probably got some mud on it, for goodness sakes, you know. But I, it, it's the log. And as I grow older, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, my mom went through so much. I'm sorry, but she never had a chance. She was just engrossed, uh, 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 that, that, that tar, that black tar of loneliness and hatred. I don't know if anybody could have saved her. Anybody. And I think it's so important, ladies and gentlemen, with all that's going on in this world today. And again, shall we repeat ourselves? We got a pandemic. We have kids in school, out of school. I think it's going to get a little bit squirrely in a few months when people can't pay their rent or mortgage. What are we going to do? I don't know. We have to do something. There's a lot of white noise in Washington, D.C. And ladies and gentlemen, switch it down. Watch your news, your local news, your state news, national news, and shut it down. Don't expose yourself. Look at our good friend, our good friend from Portland. She's doing exactly what she has to do. She takes care of the three kiddos. That's her vernacular. She stays away from the protests. Yes, it's scary, but you just do what you have to do to get by for now. And with all that going on, ladies and gentlemen, here on the West Coast, it is unbelievable. And you know what I can do is this. I can take a deep breath. And I love looking like at, at that piece, that little piece of stick. I think of all the things that people have given me or I've been allowed to receive, I think that's the most cherished pieces I have. And isn't that something? So what's in your heart? What do you cherish the most, ladies and gentlemen? Be a person of peace. Maybe your protest is, I'm going to do whatever I have to do for the now for the day. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? And to kind of even wrap up that story further, <laughs> I got to tell you, when I, pardon me, when I came back, you know, I felt like I was a character. I felt like I was Indiana Jones in a sense because I had all this caked on mud. They valeted the car. You tipped the guy a couple bucks and everybody was dressed to the nines. A big office party, big Christmas party. You know, women look this oh beautiful and men are dapper dance and they just kind of parted high part of the waters when i walked through there i remember sitting down at the bar and the, and of course the bartender knew me from right before well mr pelzer did you get it and i remember showing him the stick and he gave me a nice uh, little 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 glass of wine and i just remember looking at that going wow what an adventure ladies and gentlemen we're going to get through this 
I cannot wait to see my new James Bond movie with buttered popcorn, extra butter, surround sound, and get him, James. Look out, there's the bad guy. Uh-oh, I don't know if that's a good girl there. Uh-oh, M needs you. I can't wait. And I can't wait till I can, one of these days, sit in an actual bar without a mask and people watch. We're going to get through this, ladies and gentlemen, and when we do, we will all be better and stronger for it. What did I say in the first show? If you can survive cancer, you can survive a cold. If you can survive a bad divorce, you can, you, you can survive an argument. This is a trying time for all of us. We're all in it together, ladies and gentlemen. As I've said before, all lives matter. But let your march, let your journey be one of peace and helping others along the way. Does that make sense, ladies and gentlemen? I really hope it does. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's about our time. Let's do some housekeeping. So as always, we want to thank our good friend, Pat Matheny, who gives us this, is kind enough to let us play his music. He, his opening piece, and of course, his closing piece is uh, Farmer's Trust. And I, if, if, if you want something of solace, please, it's about a six-minute a six track, but give that a good lesson, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, we want to thank you again for listening, because we know, I know how busy you are. And please... Take a deep breath. If you're on the East Coast or West Coast, wherever you're at, please, please keep the faith in yourself because in the course of a life, one never knows what events may transpire. And if we're, I, 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 hopefully God is, is, is running out of things to do with, with, with us here. And maybe I think we're due for some good news, ladies and gentlemen. So with that, you know, just keep the faith. And, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, Take that deep breath. Eyes open, chin up. It's just one step at a time. These are strange times, ladies and gentlemen, but you know what? In the course of a life, it's only a grain of sand. It's only a grain of sand. We'll get through this, and we'll get through this together. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, please do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. That's the ticket. So as always, this is your host, speaking to you in my own voice, saving America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. So until next time, take good care. As always, good day, good luck, and God bless. Thank you.